it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, getting ready to bring you three hours of top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. There is a battle taking place at the border down in Texas, and it is essentially the drug cartels and the president of the United States versus the state of Texas. That's what's going on. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know what the world's coming to, but the country is going to under the current president. Biden sucks. He really does. We're going to discuss it today because this one, man, it's going to be a chippy show. I know it's a feel-good program, and I look like I get paid in Tide Pods and tequila, and I might, uh, but the border thing, I it, listen, it gets me a little worked up. Jimmy's a little worked up. It's Friday. You're happy. You live in the best country in the world. Great, but I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm saying. I am saying. 888 888- Seven eight eight nine nine one zero. If you want to be a part of today's show, eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. You know the rules, okay? You might agree with every word I'm about to say for the next three hours. You might hate everything I say. We don't care. You're still welcome. I'm not an activist. My goal is not to spend the next three hours convincing you to re- vote Republican, okay? My party is not the Republican Party. My party is America. Freedom! Remember that. So, uh, you know, call in, do whatever you want. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a boom. Happy Friday, you guys. We're fired up over here. Uh, my book goes on sale January 30th. That's next week. Uh, if you have not pre-ordered it, uh, buy it, uh, pre-order it. It's really helpful with getting me onto the bestseller list. And we have a running thing here where we're just laughing at the idea that I might make the New York Times bestseller list, if only because I don't think a community college graduate has ever done it before. And it would be pretty funny with everybody up there with like their billion dollar education. And they're like, and here's Jimmy Fallon. And he introed, uh, he majored in intro to Donkey Kong over at Nassau Community College. We think it would be funny. So if you can help a brother out, uh, go to foxnewsbooks.com, pre-order the book. Or if you want an autographed copy for yourself or a member of your family, you order an autographed copy that will be shipped directly to you with my personal inscription, jimmysignedbook.com. jimmysignedbook.com. I'm not saying it slow because I think you're slow. I'm saying it slow because they said it to me slowly because I think they think I'm slow. Are you stupid or something? They think I am. They absolutely think I am. You know who else is stupid? Anybody. Anybody who agrees with what Biden is doing down at the border. That's true. That is true. Let's get into this right now. This is what's got. I'm hopped up. I'm high and I should be in a good mood. I'm hosting a comedy show tomorrow night. My wife is on the show. Jenny Fail is on Fox News Saturday night tomorrow night because that's how we roll. OK, you're going to see Aaron Berg, Charles McBee, Tudor Dixon. Hubba hubba. That's enough, Lincoln. But I know Tudor would appreciate the compliment. But it's going to be a good, chippy, loose comedy show. And I'm getting ready. We tape it tomorrow night. We're excited. It's going to be great. But if you're a human being, okay, if you are a human being with just an ounce of empathy, 
There's no world where you can be on board with what this government is doing. Okay, understand, the previous administration, like them, hate them, I don't care. I didn't watch Celebrity Apprentice. I've known who Trump was for the last 40 years. He's been a fabric of polite society. He was a part of every elite media circle I consumed. If I turned on The View, Trump was on. If you listened to Howard Stern, Trump was on. If you were watching Barbara Walters, Trump was on. Okay, Trump was on TV even with people like Rosie O'Donnell. There's a slob. There's a real slob. He hung out with the Clintons. Okay, I know who Trump is. He's not Hitler. Okay, he's pugnacious. He's crass. Okay, he's always used any language he wanted to when he was disagreeing with a reporter, male or female. He's Trump. Okay, he's a bit of an a-hole from time to time. But the reason he appeals to rank and file voters is he's putting our country first. He's saying, hey, instead of, you know, getting us ripped off on the other side of the world by NATO allies that aren't chipping in enough money for defense and then we get stuck with the bill, maybe we just ask them to, you know, keep up their end of the deal. And the Democrats are like, oh, he's attacking our allies. Who is this monster? I have never before seen. But what Trump was saying, okay, was the correct thing to say. Correct the mundo. Our allies shouldn't be ripping us off when it comes to NATO. When Trump said secure the border and the Democrats were like, oh, this is racist. Should be building bridges, not walls. What they didn't mention is that they supported border wall funding under Obama and under George W. Bush, meaning all of the outrage over policing the border is new because it's politically expedient. But it's happening at the detriment of our country. We talk about this so much. But right now down in Texas, as you know, Governor Greg Abbott put barbed wire fence down at the border because he's trying to do anything they can to deter migrants from crossing in the most dangerous sector. People are drowning in rivers. Okay, the Biden administration fighting them at a Supreme Court level to cut down the barbed wire, meaning let the migrants in. Okay, Letting the migrants in, I have great empathy for anybody who wants to come here and find a better life, but letting the migrants in exposes them to great peril at the hands of human traffickers and drug cartels and is killing Americans at record numbers. So the answer to should the border be completely shut down is a resounding yes from anybody with a tenth of a brain. Okay, but they're fighting this, and one of the main reasons why they're fighting this is – They want the open borders. It's a political liability for them right now, but now they're pushing hard for an immigration bill so they can spend a bazillion dollars on everything but securing the border. Okay, that's what they do. The Inflation Reduction Act was the biggest climate change bill in the history of the government. What a fraud. Think about that. Okay, the COVID bill they passed when Biden got into office, even though we already had a billion dollars that hadn't been spent, we passed another one. But what did we do with that money, which ultimately drove up inflation? We spent money by exploiting the crisis on a thousand other Democrat pet projects. That is financial lunacy. Okay, and it drove up inflation in the short term, and that's why we were getting crippled at 8% in those first two years Biden was in office. Okay, but understand when it comes to the southern border. The Democrats are saying, well, you know, the Republicans won't make a deal, and that's why the border, they own the crisis. No, 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 no. We don't need a deal. We don't need spending. We don't need anything. Okay, all you have to do is put the other policies back in effect. Bingo. The Remain in Mexico policy. If you started it today, it would crush immigration, illegal immigration today. Why? 
because it means anyone apprehended at our border would be forced to stay in Mexico until their asylum case was heard nine years from now. If people know they're going to be, you know, have their asylum case in five years or eight years or nine years, they're not going to come. They're not going to walk a thousand miles to not get let in. Okay, people are not coming to our southern border in millions a, a, a year. Okay, they're not coming because we need an immigration bill. They're coming because they're getting in. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, the Democrats want to exploit the crisis. Okay, so listen to some of the rhetoric we're getting on this because it's fascinating. Okay, here's Greg Abbott. Let's start with him because what is Greg Abbott doing? He's trying to protect his own border as a state, something the Constitution allows him to do if the government is derelict in its duty. Okay, to protect American interests. You pay taxes to the federal government. The federal government is supposed to be securing your border. Is the federal government actually securing your border? (laughs) Don't get me wrong. They've told us the border is secure. But 8 million people have crossed it. So if 8 million people have crossed the border, it's not secure. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Here it is. When they tell you, oh, the border's closed. No, you understand it's closed. Don't you hate when you go to the store? 901 at night. They're like, sorry, we closed at nine, pal. Um, we're closed. So we can only let in another eight million people. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Because if it's closed, it's closed. Okay, but here it is. Here's Greg Abbott, clip four. What Texas is doing is just very simple. And, and, and that is because the Biden administration has really, truly abdicated its responsibility to secure the border and enforce the laws. Texas very simply is securing the border. And so we put up the razor wire that you were talking about, Bill, and uh, we put up all these barricades that actually have denied illegal entry. Uh, And as you pointed out also in that screen, that there are criminals coming across our border. Major League. Okay, here's one more Abbott, clip five. Texas has a right as a state to stop criminals from coming into our state to make arrests of those criminals. And we have National Guard, as well as Texas Department of Public Safety officers who are there to make those arrests and to deny illegal entry. And Joe Biden actually does have an option here. Joe Biden's option is to enforce the laws of the United States and stop this illegal entry. Mm -hmm. Straight up. Now, Donald Trump, okay, is calling on states to mobilize their National Guard to secure the border. He posted on Truth Social last night. When I was president, we had the most secure border in history. Joe Biden has surrendered our border and is aiding and abetting a massive invasion of millions of illegal migrants into the United States. Instead of fighting to protect our country from this onslaught, Biden is unbelievably fighting to tie the hands of Governor Abbott and the state of Texas so that the invasion continues unchecked. He added, in the face of this national security, public safety, and public health catastrophe, Texas has rightly invoked the invasion clause of the Constitution and must be given full support to repel the invasion. We encourage all willing states to deploy their guards to Texas to prevent the entry of illegals and to remove them back across the border. All Americans should support the common sense measures by Texas authorities to protect the safety, security, and sovereignty of Texas and of the American people. When I am president on day one, instead of fighting Texas, I will work hand in hand with Governor Abbott and other border states to stop the invasion, seal the border and rapidly begin the largest domestic deportation operation in history. Those Biden has let in should not get comfortable because they will be going home. Now, between you and me, okay, does that sound like a man? 
who wants the border to remain open and fentanyl to continue to kill us. No, it does not. But here is Joe Scarborough on MSNBC saying Trump wants to hold off on a border solution. You know the guy who just said, everybody send the National Guard to the border? Everybody put up the barbed wire barriers? Everybody send people out of the country who come in illegally? Here's Joe Scarborough telling you the exact opposite of what Trump said, because this is what the media vacuum is now. MSNBC is in business to sell self-hating white people confirmation bias. They tune in to be told they're better than you. Look at these racists. They're full of it. They don't even care about the border. Trump doesn't care about the border because he opposes this legislation that they're trying to pass that doesn't actually address the crisis but allocates a gajillion dollars for everything but the crisis. Again and again and again, immigration reform is not border security. Immigration reform means how we process people improves or ultimately speeds up with any luck. But the problem is no matter what law you pass, we already have a backlog right now of 10 million people trying to get into this country legally who cannot because of the addition. 8 million people Biden just put online in front of them. Okay, but here is Joe Scarborough telling you what Trump just said is the opposite. Clip 15. They're just saying outright what a lot of Republicans were saying on the Hill yesterday, which is this is reckless. You've got Donald Trump saying let fentanyl flood across the border and kill Americans over the next year. Let illegal immigrants keep flooding over the border. Let's not have a solution. I mean, this this whole Donald Trump idea that keeping the border open is a winner for Republicans strikes the Wall Street Journal and most sane Americans is just out, you know, just crazy. Oh, shut up, woman. I mean, seriously, Joe Scarborough. You are so full of sh. I mean, really, though, when you really think about what he just said. This guy's a serious ass. So Joe Scarborough's comment is, I mean, this is such an aggressively brazen plain sight lie that he's saying to his viewers that Donald Trump is saying let fentanyl flood across the border and kill Americans I just read you what Donald Trump is saying I will read it to you again let tell me if this sounds like let fentanyl come across the border and kill Americans okay In the face of this national security, public safety, and public health catastrophe, Texas has rightly invoked the invasion clause of the Constitution and must be given full support to repel the invasion. We encourage all willing states to deploy their guards to Texas to prevent the entry of illegals and to remove them back across the border. All Americans should support the common sense measures by Texas authorities to protect the safety, security, and sovereignty of Texas and of the American people. At no point did he say, let fentanyl flow into the country and kill people. He's saying the exact opposite. Send the National Guard now, right now, in this moment, now. Nobody gets in illegally now. But Joe Scarborough's like legitimately on TV Say no, Trump said kill everybody. And the self-hating white people, okay, are watching like, no, 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 yeah, no, that's Trump. He, he said uh, kill everybody, and they're still voting for him. They're voting for a guy who said, I want you to die. And, th- and they run with this for the next six months. Like, oh, these poor, stupid, racist white people in the flyover states, Trump said, I'm going to have you all killed between now and the election, and they're voting for him anyway. It's like a cult, bro. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Like, we're living in the death of shame. The death of shame. And it's, it's crazy. 
okay? Because all of, you know, everybody works for a living. You all have a respective profession that you do. No one would have ever thought in a million years that being a circus clown would pay the best, but MSNBC has changed the game. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Really fascinating time in media right now. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre. Uh, she's over on CNN yesterday. CNN is the worst. She's saying Greg Abbott is the problem at the border. Not the guy who stopped the border wall construction, Joe Biden. Not the guy who ended the Remain in Mexico policy. Not the guy who fought to the Supreme Court on Title 42. No, it's Greg Abbott. The guy who's actually putting up the barbed wire to keep people out. He's the guy. He's the reason they're coming in. This is the world you're living in. There's no shame. Like, there are people incapable of shame. Okay, and you might think I'm one of them based on how I dress on TV. Uh, but I feel ashamed from time to time. Once in a while, I'll put on an outfit of a, whoa, you wore that on Gutfeld? Uh, here is Corrine Jean-Pierre. No shame. Clip six. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the, at the border to do their job. You don't have a clue. Okay, the only thing people at the border are doing is paperwork. That's the reality. They've turned this because they're being told under the current policy that if you apprehend someone at the southern border, you let them in. Okay, the old way of doing this under Remain in Mexico was, sorry, you can't come in. Okay, so Biden as a candidate encouraged them to come. He said that during the debates. I don't remember that ever happening. Well, we've got a clip to prove it. Here it is, clip one. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. I mean, dude. You have no idea how to defend a nation. He encouraged people to come. And now people are getting in when they do. And that's why we have the crisis that we have. Willie Sutton famously said, hey, why do you rob banks? He said, because the money's there. You know, why do you come to the American border? Because they're letting me in. It's not because of a broken immigration system. It's because the people in the country in charge right now repealed all of the policies. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
about to play you a clip. It's Friday. You live in America. It's the greatest country in the world. Okay, you are. You you live in the 1%, in the world's, in humanity's 1%. You know when Bernie talks about the 1%? Okay, you live in the world's 1% based on the actual, the fact that we are the wealthiest nation in the world and we have the most upward mobility in our lives. Okay, if you live here, you have American privilege. You know, for all the protesting and all the idiots, you know, that are marching in the streets, none of them are leaving the country. None of them are going anywhere but here. Tell them like it is. If we could just agree with that, maybe people could chill out. That's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do on the radio. That's what I'll be doing tomorrow night on Fox News Saturday night. Okay, what I'm about to play you, okay, and the opinion I'm about to share with you after I play it, should not be divisive, okay? We should all be able to agree, okay, that the clip you're about to hear is bad for our country, okay? Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, I approach you as a broadcaster as the American in you. I want to appeal to the American in you, okay? Because that's all I'm distilling on my end of this. The fat guy coming through the speaker right now, he's just trying to talk to you American to American. Here's Biden in Superior, Wisconsin yesterday. He gave a little speech uh, <laughs> he gave a little speech that caused a lot of shrugging by the sign language interpreter. Clip 24. By the way, used to make beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder what, what we've got here is failure to communicate. So that is Joe Biden, and according to the official White House transcript. Okay, the transcript is what happens when he's done speaking. Someone puts out a statement telling you what he was trying to say. This is what he said. You might not have heard it right. There's a noise in the background. Here's the transcript. So if you are reporting, you can report the president's words accurately. Okay, there's only one small problem. The president can't use words accurately. I will read you the White House transcript. By the way, the beer brewed here. It is used to make the beer brewed here. Ooh, Earth Rider. Thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. We have a president that is clearly not all there. If you can make that sentence, if you can put those, I will challenge you to take the words in that sentence and change the order and tell me if you can find a constructive thought in that sentence. Do it like a word scramble. I know you can't make sense of what he actually said, neither can they. By the way, the beer brewed here. It is used to make the beer brewed here. So the beer is used to make the beer. Ooh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. That's the official statement. Biden's lost his marbles. I don't know if he's ever had them. Okay, but American to American, me to you, guy can't be president. Not not for another five years, not for another five minutes. Should be the president right now. This idea that we're having this debate. Okay, oh, wow, is Biden going to go another five years? You know, he is 81. It's not about age. It's about condition. There's plenty of 96-year-olds, 98-year-olds that are fine. Okay, it's the fact that he's 81 and he's saying the beer brood here is used to make the beer brood here. Ooh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. That's the official White House transcript. That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. But why is he back on the ticket? 
Okay, why is he going for another term in office? Because the only person behind him has her head completely stuck up her. And if you don't believe me, okay, listen to this. Okay, because this is the, the the Democrats made this bed and they have to sleep in it. In the era of identity politics, if you've been finding following this whole hullabaloo, so when Biden got the nomination, okay, in 2020. He wanted Mich- Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmer was the VP nominee to the point that she told family and friends, I'm going to be the VP nominee, to the point that the bi- biography on Gretchen Whitmer was underway. She is going to be the VP nominee. Okay, but in June of 2020, when the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd video surfaced, and we lit the country on fire, and the Democrats decided to run on, well, you know the whole place is racist, right? It wasn't Derek Chauvin that knelt on George Floyd's neck. It was all of America. That was the real problem. And that's what they decided to pivot on in the election. Derek Chauvin changed the course of history by kneeling on George Floyd's neck. Because at that point when they said, you know, America's a white supremacist nation, we're systemically racist, which is why we got to get rid of Trump and replace him with a guy who eulogized a member of the Ku Klux Klan. No, no, we're so racist, we need to elect a guy who fought integrated school busing because he didn't want his kids on the bus with black kids. That's how you solve the racism, is you get the most racist guy who's probably ever run for office. And you put him on the ticket, and you'll be fine. Democrats are so full of crap. But that's what they did. That's what they did. So you understand when they changed the calculus to, well, the Republicans are a bunch of racists, then it became, well, we need to put a black person on the ticket with Biden. So I guess we'll bring in Kamala Harris. And that's what they did. They did not go with his first choice because when it comes to diversity and equity and inclusion, it's more about checking the boxes than it is meritocracy, as we've come to see. Okay, and I really, truly do hate that because it's also denying more qualified people who'd be better for our country the opportunity. Like when Jackie Robinson broke the actual color barrier, Okay, Kamala Harris becoming vice president is not really breaking a barrier. We've already had a black president do two terms. Okay, the media loved him, but he was a terrible president by any objective metric. Don't be thick, all right? All right. Well, you know, look at look at what the Affordable Care Act did for the the affordability of care. Drove up premiums 300 percent. That's a bad bill. Okay, the Iranian nuclear deal, 50 billion dollars worth worth of cash assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. That's why we're fighting in Israel right now. Okay, but getting past Obama because those are the two signature achievements. Let him have them. Fine, great. Okay, Kamala Harris is uniquely unqualified. Okay, if you were hiring a babysitter that laughed for no reason in the middle of sentences, there is no way. In hell, you're leaving your kid alone with her. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So uh, we're going to go to a dinner and a movie. We'll be home around 10, and I'll be here with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know what, honey? Let's just order in food. We'll stay home. We don't need this. Okay? Kamala Harris out of her mind. She's weapons grade stupid, and it just so happens to be that she's completely full of Okay, Kamala Harris tried telling us that the border crisis is the end result of climate change. No, no, you don't understand. These people are walking a thousand miles because they're concerned 
with what the weather's going to do in 75 years. It's, it's just been on their mind. It's like they don't, you know, they don't always have enough food to eat. There's cartel violence. The government's corrupt. But they're like, yeah, we could deal with that. But, you know, in 75 years, the weather's going to be so bad. We should get out of here now. That's what she wants you to believe. That was the remark. Okay, to her credit yesterday, Katie Couric attempted to interview Kamala Harris. She conducted what the late, great Rush Limbaugh would call a random act of journalism and that she did push back a little bit on just, I mean, total bull <laughs> Let me give you some of it, okay? This is Couric and Kamala. And uh, man, oh boy, oh man. When you hear this interview, okay, and you realize that what Kamala is trying to do, okay, is make the case that we're only in this position. It's been an ongoing problem. And, you know, it's so bad right now because the Republicans won't work with us on legislation. Guys, this just needs to be said, okay? Trump had cut illegal border crossings by 80%. Doesn't mean you have to like Trump. Doesn't mean you have to like his tweets. I'm just giving you the facts, okay? He cut border crossings by 80%. He took the teeth out of the drug cartels because the Remain in Mexico policy meant that if you came to this country illegally, you weren't getting in until your asylum case was granted. Ergo, cartels couldn't smuggle and human traffic sex slaves into this country because they had a guaranteed entry point in the U.S. government if they were apprehended by the U.S. government. That's how they cut down on all the child sex trafficking. That's how they cut down on all the drug smuggling. That's how they cut down on overwhelmed infrastructures in cities that wound up with all of excess migrants that were coming in. To Barack Obama's credit, you could hate Obama with all the fiber in your being. Obama was labeled the deporter-in-chief because to his credit, He was sending home illegal migrants. He was sending home violent criminals. He was using ICE to throw people out of the country. But then Trump got into office, and we were told by the Democrats that ICE is the equivalent of the KKK. Kamala is a lying sociopath, fact-checked. And why do I say that? Because Kamala was the one who made the statement. No, no, ICE, they're worse than the KKK. The people who deport the drug cartel members? The people who deport the violent sex offenders, they're worse than the Klan. Really? Fascinating take. But why did she say it? Because it became politically viable under Trump to say every single act this government partook in was an act of racism. And they didn't care about the consequence on everyday Americans or the migrants themselves because it didn't affect them. These people are sociopaths. Okay, so understand, okay, the reason we have a border crisis today is policies that had ended the border crisis, were repealed the second they got into office. A wall was being built. They didn't build thousands of miles of wall. They were building walls in problematic sectors. Okay, Biden has spent over a billion dollars to destroy the material that was existing in our country for the purposes of being constructed into a wall. That's what he did. They ended Remain in Mexico. So now the cartels could get people into the country. They ended Title 42, which was a screening mechanism that was enacted during COVID to make sure people crossing the border were subjected to the same health protocols we were as Americans. Okay, but here is Kamala being pressed a little bit because after all of these people have come into this country, as the end result of this administration letting them in, she wants you to believe it's an immigration bill that's the problem and not the people running the country. Listen to this, because this is an actual sociopath. Like, if that's your major in college and you're studying sociopaths, like, here's a book report right here and now, clip nine. 
early on, I know you were tasked with understanding the root causes of the immigration crisis, but you are not in charge of the border, which I think is important to point out. Having said that, 14 House Democrats joined Republicans in denouncing the Biden administration's so-called open door policies, calling open border policies, rather, calling it, quote, a national security and public safety crisis. And as you know, I'm sure you've talked to them. So many big city mayors, Democrats are saying this is an untenable situation in cities across the country. Sixty eight percent of Americans disapprove of the way the Biden administration has handled the border. So how do you address that? Have you done enough? Our, there's no question. Our immigration system is broken. And it needs to be fixed. And as with any problem, then leaders will participate, true leaders, in the solution. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Actual garbage. Did you hear the quote from Katie Couric? 68% of Americans disapprove of the way the Biden administration, you know, the people in charge, are handling this. And Kamala tries to pivot to, well, the system's broken, needs to be fixed. We need leaders to participate. Ha ha. True leaders. Ha ha. Okay, a true leader would have left the border alone. The border was fixed. Okay, they broke it. Here's the rest of the clip, clip 10. I'm going to take you back to about three years ago. And it was, I think, the day after our inauguration when we came in. Joe Biden as president and me as vice president. The first bill that we offered was a bill to fix the immigration system. And that's when you controlled both houses. <laughs> and Congress did not take it up. And I will tell you that this is, first of all, not a new issue. Um, but, but sadly, it has become so deeply partisan. I mean, man. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Okay, to be clear, the first thing they did when they got into office was kill Remain in Mexico and stop border wall construction. That was the first thing. But the second thing they did, she's not technically wrong, okay, is she claims they drew up an immigration bill. And she goes, but, you know, Congress wouldn't take it up. Here's a news flash: The Democrats controlled... Everything. Oh, wow. So the House that didn't break it up, Democrats. The Senate that didn't want anything to do with it, Democrats. The president that didn't want anything to do with it, Democrats. But here's Kamala being like, yeah, I know it's bad. We want to fix it. But the other party won't help us. I'm telling you because I care. We are living in the death of shame. I think he's got a point. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. By the way, used to make beer brew here. It is used to make brew beer here. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. And the people who actually clap and laugh, they didn't understand a word he said. That was embarrassing. Randy's in Duluth, Minnesota. He claims he owns a Biden to English dictionary. Randy. Hi, Jimmy. 
<laughs> I tell you what he didn't say. Uh-oh. He didn't say, I'm buying the next round. <laughs> after, <laughs> after embarrassing himself like that, well, he actually embarrassed the owner of Earthrider, which mm-hmm. was the, the brewery that makes beer mm-hmm. over in Wisconsin. Yep. He, he said, I quote, now he said, now I know why you're always at the brewery after he met his wife, uh, his twin children, and all that good stuff. Wow. <laughs> but he also said uh-huh. that the, the Great Lakes supplied the water to make the beer at Earth Rider. Beautiful. But if you didn't understand it, I'm glad I could help today. <laughs> I feel better now. Four more okay. years. Thank you, Randy. Have a great day. Kent is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Kent. Hey, how you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing, man. What do you think he said? <laughs> you know what? When he when he got to the part of Earth Rider, man, I thought that he was saying Earth and then comma like I thought he was going to go into Jim Morrison Riders on the Storm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like because we literally are living in a storm right now, man. I mean, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, it's just uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on your other caller, I didn't realize that there was a brewery called. Uh, Earth but even Rider, so, but it doesn't um, make it any better. Uh, and to keep it in nah. and to keep it indoors parlance, I don't even care that his elevator doesn't go to the top floor. But I do care that because of his border policies, drug cartels are now breaking on through to the other side. You know, <laughs> eight million people are in the country that aren't supposed to be. Uh, but, man, what a mess. Yeah. Uh, fr- Friday night in Vegas, Kent. Get nuts out there. Make sure you watch my TV show tomorrow. Oh, it's always on, brother. That's the spirit. Even if you're watching without the volume in the strip club. I just want the ratings. Thanks, brother. I, I usually do watch it without the volume. But, uh, yeah, always, man. Always. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks, brother. I'll see you soon. Very funny. Uh, we'll get to more of your calls, but Biden says he's sharp as a tack. I am. Uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical, and mental, fil- my physical as well as my mental. Fil- Live from everywhere, USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl! Here we go! Here we go! Comedy alive greatest country in the world. That's what we say every day because it's true every day. If you live in America, you have hit the lottery. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Well, just in case I need backup, we're going to get a visit from Paul Morrow in this hour, retired NYPD inspector. He is also the newest Fox News contributor in terms of people that are paid to be on the air here at Fox. Morrow is now a made guy uh, as of about two weeks ago. I, cla- I certainly clapped. I certainly clapped when I heard it. Uh, and we will congratulate him on air in person when he joins us uh, halfway through the hour to talk about a really weird situation out in Kansas City where three Chiefs fans froze to death in a guy's backyard. I don't completely understand the story. But nobody suspects foul play. There's no criminal investigation going on, but it's still odd nonetheless. And he being the type of guy that would traditionally solve these crimes were a crime to have ensued. He's going to kind of walk us through the ins and outs and, of course, get into the big legal standoff that's dominating the headlines right now, which is the one between the Biden administration and the governor of Texas. Texas wants to secure the border. 
Uh, Biden wants to stick <laughs> with the status quo White House policy of the last three years, which is welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. America last. How dare you secure the border, Greg Abbott? Just because <laughs> just because the federal government isn't doing the job we pay it to do with our tax dollars doesn't mean you can do it. Actually, the Constitution says it does. Okay, you are paying taxes to a government that's not doing the thing. Like, so let me give you examples. Okay, say you were like me and you liked loud sport coats. Okay, you liked loud jackets. You're a 46 regular. That's what I wear. I wear a 46 regular. Say you're a 46 regular when you're shopping off the rack. Okay, and you go on a website and you send them. Uh, you know, you buy $300 worth of jackets, which in my case, um, I mean, listen, man, these are cheap jackets, probably getting you 50 jackets. You think people are charging a lot of money for the stuff that I'm actually out there wearing on TV? The answer would be no. No, are you kidding me? I, I Listen, I, I actually donated six of my jackets to the Home for the Blind. They gave them back. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we, no. <laughs> it's like they can't see them, but we can. We don't want them walking around in this stuff. It's embarrassing. But the point is, okay, let's say you went online and you bought a product. You bought $300 worth of a product, okay? Uh, $300 worth of jackets, Okay, if the company doesn't send you the jacket, you reverse the charges. You call up your credit card company and you go, hey, it's a, you know, I bought something. It's not coming. I'd like to return. I'd like to reverse the charges. Okay, do you understand when it comes to government? Okay, when it comes to the border policies being enforced, your tax dollars are paying the three hundred dollars and the jackets not showing up in the mail. Tell them like it is. Okay, now we don't actually have a mechanism to reverse the tax charges. I mean, unless you just don't want to pay them and get in a fight with the IRS. But the point is, they are derelict in their duty to fulfill their obligations at the southern border. So when you hear Greg Abbott wants to put a barbed wire in Texas so people stop drowning in the river, it's a humanitarian act. When you hear the Democrats say, oh, he's politicizing the issue. Okay, that is an act of political self-preservation. The Democrats always accuse you of what they're doing. They impeached Donald Trump over influencing and threatening to withhold aid in Ukraine. They said this is a crime. You cannot threaten another government official with the idea that you will withhold U.S. aid. That is treasonous. That is wrong. You'll go to jail for that and rightfully die in prison. You cannot threaten to withhold aid from a foreign government so they do your bidding. You know, unless you're Joe Biden in 2018. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. See that? Son of a ma- He got fired. Meaning I threatened to withhold United States government aid unless they did what I told them to. He should be behind bars. They always accuse you of what they're doing. So the Democrats are like, oh, Republicans are politicizing the border. That's why we have to get back at them by passing our piece of legislation. It's like they're not even good at it. 
They're not even good at the fraud of the whole thing. And the big problem they have right now is there are some Democrats left with integrity. Okay, John Fetterman, here's one of them, Capitol Hill again. I'm going to play you another Fetterman. Okay, and I'm proud of the progress this guy's made. He's recovering from a stroke. We used to make fun of him a year ago. Not because we, you know, bore him any ill will there, but for the grace of God, go all of us. But it was legitimately kind of funny when the Democrats had gotten things so bitterly divided that they had a guy running for Senate who couldn't speak and wasn't speaking at his rallies. Okay, and they were telling us it's fine, nothing to see here. Well, lo and behold, we made fun of them, but we were wrong. Okay, Fetterman so far has proven to be like an actual old school Democrat, like a JFK type of Democrat in the sense that he is at least speaking to a greater good element of certain policies like the border. I don't like everything Fetterman does. I don't agree with his climate positions most of the time. But if you want to speak up for a secured southern border and an end to the humanitarian crisis that's ensuing, I absolutely will commend you for it. Here's Fetterman, clip 18. I think at, at this point right now, the Senate and Congress have to deliver on on a on a comprehensive border security situation. We, we should, absolutely. And uh, I don't understand why it would be controversial to think that we should have a secured border and we should be able to make sure that our immigration system works. And there you go. Make sure the immigration system works. But at the same time, you understand a comprehensive border security situation. Here's the rest of it, clip 19. All you have to do is look at the at the numbers. In December, it's over 300,000 encounters. And that's larger than the city of, of my Pittsburgh. And and that's just one month. I mean, it's we have to address that and, and come up with a solution. And we can't be we can't be uh, piecemeal or any kinds of here and there. You know, we, you know, we have to step up and deliver a comprehensive border security issue. So there you go. Okay, and to be honest with you, again, Fetterman, seriously. I admire your honesty. Okay, when you realize what's going on at a White House level, here's John Kirby at the White House defending the decision to cut razor wire. Here it is, clip 21. The Border Patrol Union president is saying the Supreme Court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration. Do you guys know better than the Border Patrol Union? The Border Patrol needed access and that's why we sued to get rid of that uh, razor wire so that they could do their jobs and you know what would also help them do their jobs peter more border patrol agents you go back to the supplemental request that we put in there's money in there for some 1300 additional border patrol agents so listen to this guy okay because that's a guy straight up saying okay do you guys know better than the border patrol that's Ducey's question you know the border patrol is saying the decision is going to lead to more illegal immigration. Do you guys know more than the Border Patrol? And what does he start talking about? Well, we need to pass this bill. We need more money. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f***ing question. Okay, understand. They're politicizing the issue. The Border Patrol says leave this wire up. No issue. No debate. No nothing. He says, no, no, you cut it and we spend the money. Guess who's politicizing the issue? The Democratic Party. You are correct, sir. But never mind all this is going on. After three years, eight million migrants, and them telling us the whole time it was secure. Clip 22. 
It is my testimony that the border is secure. The president have worked very, very hard to implement a strategy when it comes to the border that is humane, safe, and, and has orderly enforcement. Okay. How do you think things are going at the border, sir? Much better, than, much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> have we have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. We have responded with a model approach that has proven to work. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. We're executing a comprehensive strategy to secure our borders. One of our highest priorities is to ensure that we have a secure border. And that is what we are doing. The border is secure. I mean, guys, let's be honest, okay? If those people meant what they were saying in that montage, okay, which obviously they didn't, Okay, but if the border was secure, could 8 million people get in? This is the reason people hate politicians, is there is an actual indifference to human suffering in that montage. If 8 million people are getting in and they're getting on TV with a straight face and go, no, no, it's secure. No, you understand that, secure. Okay, that means they don't care about what's actually happening. Okay, the politics are more important than the people. That's drives That's, you know, why people hate politicians. Okay, but when it comes to securing the border, it's bigger than politics. It's securing the border. It's the front door of the house. It's the drugs coming in. It's the crime coming in. And it's the people being human trafficked. You know, the child sex trafficking at our southern border is only possible because this administration has turned a blind eye towards it. And that's straight up. I'm just telling you that as a parent. Okay, it's gross. But that's the America we find ourselves in right now. And you're told you're the bad guy if you want to discourage illegal border crossings. Remember this. There's not a single Republican, not Trump, not any Republican, who is saying immigrants aren't welcome. No Republican is saying it. The only thing they're saying is come here legally. 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 It is safer Legally, it doesn't overwhelm border towns. It doesn't lead to more human trafficking or drug smuggling. Okay, it doesn't cause New York City school students who can't read to miss days of school because we have to use their school as a migrant shelter. It doesn't take housing that was otherwise used for veterans and give it to migrants, as we've seen in upstate New York, as we've seen here in the city. Okay, it doesn't take the taxpayer's dollar and allocate it all towards a preventable crisis, one that was engineered for political reasons. Okay, the Biden administration repealed all of Trump's policies the day they got into office. Okay, and now all of these sanctuary cities who said no human being is illegal are now being asked to take in these human beings. And what are the sanctuary cities saying? Get them out of here. Get them out. And why are they saying it? Because they know deep down they can't take in all these people. Okay, they were saying it under Trump because it was a branding exercise. You could say, we'll take them. Let them in. We'll take them. Why? Because they knew he wasn't letting them in. Which means they could get the credit for saying they wanted them, but they wouldn't actually have the responsibility of taking them. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally, because here's Eric Adams. Remember the guy who was like, you know, when it comes to immigration, I think Donald Trump should... Refer to the plaque on the Statue of Liberty, which says, give me your tired, your poor. Now Eric Adams is saying, we can't do this. Federal government's got to help out. Here it is, clip 20. We have helped tens of thousands file applications to extend temporary protected status, seek asylum, and obtain work authorizations. 
We are proud. We have done our part. But we need others to do their part. The federal government must step up and step in. This is a national crisis that calls for a national solution so that our newest arrivals can contribute to our economy like the generations of immigrants before them. Love it. Okay, good. And we do want people to contribute to the economy. But if you've noticed, there's one thing Eric Adams isn't doing. He's not saying secure the border. That is correct. Because yelling secure the border puts a fork in the road of him and this administration. And right now, Eric Adams, a guy who was on the way to D.C. with a bunch of other mayors to call on Biden to secure the border, if you remember, was whisked out of D.C. when it was announced that the FBI was investigating him and two of his top donors. So Adams was going down to D.C. two months ago to speak out against Biden's border policy. Plane lands and they're like, oh, yeah, they just raided your top donor's office. They're subpoenaing all your documents. That's what happened. This is politics as usual. Straight up. I'm not going to have the mayor of the biggest city in the country criticize the White House's immigration policy. So now he's just back to criticizing them from a distance. Hey, could you give me some money? Let, let him in. Let him in. You want to let him in? Let him in. But can you give me some money? And that's all he's doing now. Okay, he knows the city doesn't have the wherewithal to fund this. Okay, but he also knows he doesn't have the political capital to call it out for what it is. And that's why we're in the position we're in as a country. A lot of gutless people who are so much more concerned about themselves than they are about you and me. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Watch Jimmy's new show Saturday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Paul Morrow, right around the corner. There's a programming update. This Monday, the woman challenging President Trump for the Republican nomination is going to join us in studio. Nikki Haley will be here on Fox Across America this coming Monday. Get her out. Get her out of here. I'm actually really interested to hear her take on why she's staying in the race. Uh, she caught some heat on America's newsroom this morning. Uh... And, uh, whoo, ha, you know, conservative media is crushing Nikki Haley right now, saying two states have voted. You don't have a right to hear from the rest of them. In theory, that's not obviously how democracy works. But I guess what people are saying is based on the poll numbers in South Carolina and the fact that she's not going to Nevada, there's no chance she's actually going to win this thing. So why do people keep cutting her checks? The short answer is they want her in the race, not because she's a globalist or a neocon or that she's controlled by the donors. They want her in the race, okay, because, one, she's the best option they have in the general, and they really do want to win the general. But it's also the contingency aspect of this. If Donald Trump is criminally jailed or something, heaven forbid, which would be horrific for our country, okay, then they're going to need a new nominee. Okay, a lot of us are living in a pretend world right now. Okay, and what I mean by a pretend world is we're not paying attention to Trump trials. We don't care about them. We think it's a weaponization of the Justice Department. Great. But you dismissing it as such doesn't change the fact that the charges are being brought by prosecutors who have every intent of convicting him. They may lose, but I feel like we're derelict in our duty to live in this reality every day. Okay. 
Trump might be going to jail. That's not good. I'm not rooting for it. I think it would be the worst thing that could ever happen to our country. Because heaven forbid it does happen, all they need is one pasty white guy to shoot somebody, and they're going to be like, that's it. That is it. No more freedom. For your own safety, this election will be held over the Internet. You can send all your votes to Hunter's laptop. We'll count them from there. Okay, that's what they're going to do. They're gonna, it's like January 6th. January 6th was horrible. Horrific. You can't do it. But the disproportionate response to it, you know, allowed them to exert a lot more control over the way we did things in this country. And it also denied us an actual look at the integrity of the election, something we need because the last two parties to lose a general election have said it was stolen. Okay, the Republicans did it, and you damn well better believe the Democrats did it. And this is why we can't have nice things. Everybody remembers the scene in Goodfellas where, you know, Tommy's going to get made. (laughs) They walk him into the house and he immediately notices drop cloth on the floor. And he's like, oh, no. And they whack him. Uh, Well, my next guest walked into the room. There was no drop cloth on the Fox News floor. Paul Morrow now joins us as a made man Fox News contributor. And there's your Jefferson's theme song. To trumpet your arrival. Good to see you, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Let me just take the opportunity to say that your support and being on your show and uh, just being involved with your enterprises here didn't help a lick. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you you for taking it there. Completely useless. Because we all know the truth. (laughs) They hired me despite you. Frankly, they told me that. (laughs) Good for you. And, yeah, let's be very clear. It's my favorite thing in the world. Is When people... You know, because there are people who don't know better and they don't have a gauge for who matters around here and who doesn't. OK, I am. And uh, proudly, I am a cable news rodeo clown. My <laughs> job and I love this. My job is to come on while the bull is goring a matador <laughs> and enlighten the mood. So you'll stick around to the top of the next hour. That's what I'm doing. A cable news. I'm a, I'm a cable news rodeo clown. And I, and I love the gig. But from time to time, people will come up to you and, and talk to you about, you know, maybe overstate the significance of what you do. And I'm like, bro, I'm, you know, we'll have like hosts leave here. Big name host. They'll be like, yeah, you should get this spot. I'm like, in the parking lot? I'm like, what are, you t- what are we talking <laughs> no, about? No, come on. You're on all the time. I'm not complaining. Can, I can't get rid of you off I'm of not, my TV. That's... I like the old test patterns. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, cable news, you'll log. They just run it. They just run it. <laughs> yes, exactly. They just run it. Well, as a made guy, we've got work to do. You're in hot demand right now. Good. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to get into before the the story I brought you on about in Kansas City was just a quick take on the border. Um, you know, the White House versus a United States state yeah. is an interesting predicament to find oneself in as a broadcaster. Yeah. But what is the actual argument that the White House is waging here by saying Texas shouldn't pr- protect its border? So they're resorting to the supremacy clause, for lack of a better term, and just saying this is a federal issue. We have the border. You have a law that you've passed relative to protecting the border. That's a Texas state law. But we have federal laws that govern that. Our laws supersede yours, and as a result, that's our ambit. 
The problem is that there are, as always, nuances to these things. And if the federal government is not doing its job, that's number one. And then number two, the, uh, Texas has made the case that, look, we are not trying to supersede what you're doing. We're trying to augment what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where the wiggle room was, and that's where the rub was and is, because this thing's not solved. Yeah. People think, okay, Texas lost and it's over. Negative. All they did was stay the situation as it is right now, giving the federal government the upper hand to remove the razor wire. Mm-hmm. But that's why they can keep putting the razor wire back from on Texas's side, because they didn't say, ultimately, no, Texas, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to take that up at some point. Uh-huh. And, you know, people have to be careful what they ask for. Yeah. Because if you proscribe federal power, uh-huh. if, <clears throat> excuse me, if and when you get a Republican president, whether it's Trump or another one downrange, they're going to be proscribed under the same precedent. Yeah. And so this, this has to be the, – the, the needle has to be threaded carefully here. Yeah. Um, but really what has to happen, and it's just so infuriating – because I don't want to be seen as advocating for the Biden administration on this issue. They've completely blown it. Mm-hmm. And I think they wish they hadn't yeah. uh, taken this on. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, but they undid Remain in Mexico. Now they own it. Mm-hmm. But really, he's completely abdicated his ability to undo this with the stroke of a pen. Mm-hmm. All he has to do, in the same way that with a stroke of a pen, he undid the Trump executive order of Remain in Mexico. Mm-hmm. With the same stroke of a pen, he can put it back because yep. that's what worked. Yep. It's all he has to do. And he goes, oh, I need more money. This yeah. is a nuanced situation. We need a legislative fix. It's all nonsense. None of that matters. None We're- of it matters. He can overdo it. He can undo it overnight. Paul Morrow is in studio. And that's the part of this that I think is so funny because their characterization of this issue is, well, you know, we've got a broken immigration system. People aren't coming because of how we process migrants. They're coming because we're letting them in. That's right. Willie Sutton, why do you rob the banks? That's where the money money is. (laughs) Exactly right. They're not walking a thousand miles because of processing. You threw the welcome mat out, and they were happy to be welcomed. Uh And it's just, come on, that's just two plus two. Oh, it's so stupid. Which is hard for them, I know. (laughs) But we are. We're living in this odd death of shame. Where people are willing to get in front of a camera, they just, they don't care, and I would feel shame saying what they're saying. Yeah, like I, oh, the Republicans just want to politicize the issue, so give us the money. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's funny, you know. I mean, they didn't. It, Trump didn't need more money. I know. When he took his pen and paper out, as Obama said, "I got a pen and I got a phone." Yeah. Right. That's all it took. And yeah. then Mexico said, "Oh, so in other words, while they wait for their asylum hearing, they're our responsibility." Yeah. Suddenly, they had a great border. <laughs> funny how that. That's all you got to do. It doesn't need any money. I could do it right now. Again, pen and piece of paper. Boop, there you go. And, you know, these guys on the border know what to do to border agents. They know what to do. They want to do the job. Oh, it's it's so different than crime. The cops could clean up the city. Exactly. They know what to do. It's in their DNA. They've been trained for it. But the Biden administration, but now they own it. Yep. And they really wish they could. I think they really wish they could get out for money. If I'm sitting where Abbott is, not Mm. only am I putting that razor wire back up every day, Mm. but I'm taking the migrants. And I don't know what he's picking on. New York for hello <laughs> put them someplace else as in swing yeah. states yeah go look at the map and say okay Republicans lost uh, Georgia very slightly last time the next batch of of migrants that are waiting for their asylum which is nonsense anyway yeah, but yeah. they got a, a hearing three years from now let them cool their heels 
in downtown Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, go do it. And let these people start to see what it is they're voting for, and suddenly maybe Trump takes these swing states. Maybe they wake it up, because that's the other point is – Sanctuary cities, it was a branding exercise. That's right. <laughs> they didn't have to take them. That's so they could get the street cred for being like, we want them, Completely. but they weren't getting them. Classic progressivism. It's going to be. It's gonna make me feel good yep. as long as I don't have to do the work or feel the pinch. And now when the border is every state, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, sanctuary cities don't look like such a good idea. <laughs> it's so funny. Texas could take it $8 million, but if Martha's Vineyard gets 50 yeah, <laughs> the richest vacation enclave in the world gets 50 That's another thing they should have. I don't know why, you know, DeSantis backed off of that. Uh, oh, it's a stunt. You're weaponizing people. I would have concept put them all on a boat yeah doctor boat there here you go you got and yeah. you know come on they, yeah, and you and i both know that they're all sitting there in martha's vineyard mm-hmm. saying well you know i do need a gardener yeah exactly you know what oh, we'll, yeah. we'll take one or two one, you they, know they'd hire one or two and hit the hit the boat with a torpedo after that <laughs> that's quietly right, that's that was right. a weird accident that's i don't right. know what happened they <laughs> all drowned it's so odd it was a landmine really that's we didn't know we had it Must have, <laughs> we still have those left over from revolutionary war unbelievable all right well let's lighten the mood uh three guys froze to death in the backyard of a kansas city yeah, home terrible uh this one blows blows me away in that i don't in what I've read about the story, it doesn't sound like anyone's suspected of a criminal act, but what is the or, – or maybe they will ultimately be, but I don't know enough to know that, and that's where I'm about to hand the ball to you. Um, but what is the overarching narrative here? They were watching a game. These guys went out back. Yeah, so summarize. They go to uh, – initially it was supposed to be four guys, three visitors, and the guy who rents the apartment rents the house. Um, then it comes out later, which is a little bit part of the uh, – the shifting narrative in this thing, which makes some people suspect. Turns out there was a fifth guy there. Mm-hmm. And they watched the game. Apparently, as of midnight, they're all there. They're all still awake. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy who rents the house is the host. His name is Jordan Willis. Mm-hmm. Mr. Willis, his story shifts from, okay, I went to sleep and they were all still there, to I was awake when they all left. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, a contradiction that, that causes some concern yeah. because... He says that he uh, let them out the front door, but mm-hmm. yet three of them end up frozen to death in the backyard. And mm-hmm. so the narrative would have to be, I let them out the front door. They walked around the back of the house, which has a fence, by the way, mm-hmm. so they might have even hopped the fence. To get there. In the middle of the night, it's 10 degrees, literally. Yeah. There's snow underground. They've probably been drinking all day. They're watching the football game. And they end up in the backyard and somehow or other freeze to death. The fifth piece, the the, the fifth guy... He left about midnight. That he says they were all still alive. And a lot of information is not coming out. I have to assume, of course, that the cops know a lot more than we do. Yep. But um, I think we're not going to get a lot of clarity on this sitting where we are until we get autopsy results and toxicology results. Okay. You know, because even the father of one of the victims has kind of copped to the idea. Okay, maybe they've been in, they were ingesting some substances, okay. et cetera. And here's what I. Mm-hmm. speculate and this is pure speculation I, all right I, yep. but they were taking drugs yep we and got they got they died from batch. that they got a bad batch it. of fentanyl or something like that um now one of the victims the father says had left the coat his coat inside so it's not like they were leaving for the night mm-hmm. obviously it was a short-term visit to the backyard he oh, left man. his coat yeah that's significant so one of the things that happens when you take synthetics mm-hmm. is that you overheat oh and you know we've all seen stories if you follow this stuff you know i i was up close on a couple of cases like this where like for instance a guy up in east harlem 
had taken something, it was a bad batch of K2, which is a synthetic, yep, synthetic yep, yep. marijuana, body starts to overheat and throws himself into the river. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And that, that happens. So one of the things that occurs to me, and again, pure speculation, is that if it is a drug thing, one of the reasons they might have been out there in the snow is in an attempt to cool down. Hmm. Um, because otherwise it's very hard to configure a narrative that makes any sense unless you say mm-hmm. there's a real serious homicide here, a triple yeah. homicide. But the chief of police, 10 days after the event, comes out and unequivocally says this is 100% not a homicide investigation. Wow. So that takes that off the table if he's telling us the truth. Now, assuming he's not doing some gamesmanship here, and I was kind of surprised because usually in an investigation you don't make such an unequivocal statement. You don't know where it's going, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially since the autopsies probably were not done. But nonetheless, he said that. And so you have to say to yourself, there were two people alive who were there who know a lot more than we do, and that is the guy who was renting the house and the other piece that left about midnight when they were all watching Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. You got that. You got their phones. You do all the digital. See if you can dump the phones. I know that they've been asking the families, do you have the password? Because they can get into the phones of the DOAs. Now there's no expectation. You don't even need a search warrant. I'm sure Mm -hmm. they get one. But... um, and they're trying to do that to see what were they texting each other and so on and so forth. So they have some ways to pull at this. Um, but ultimately, I think the person who has the answers is Jordan Willis. Wow, that is wild. We're talking Paul Morrow, newly named Fox News contributor. Do I look taller? <laughs> Did you get DeSantis's lifts now that he's off the campaign trail? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, Paul, these are yours. <laughs> it's funny, DeSantis is 5'3 again. When you sit no, yeah, down, yeah. Meanwhile, Kamala, I don't know if you saw this, she's complaining yeah. that Wikipedia has her a couple of inches shorter than she actually is. <laughs> They're lifting her at five. And all I can think of is, well, go get DeSantis's lifts. He doesn't need them anymore. <laughs> I've really enjoyed that. To her credit, Katie Couric did try to throw some challenge flags. They had a back and forth on the border yesterday. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Because yeah. it's the same. It's all the same thing. Just like, wow, you know, we, you know, we've got a broken system. The Republicans need to help us. This system is unequivocally broken. Okay, but if you're concerned about our efficiency at processing, you can't add another eight million people to the line. No, <laughs> no, and, speed you know, up the line. And you know what? While you fix it, stop the bleeding. I mean, would I, you? Could I you mean, imagine? Talk about a political ball drop. Think about that now. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris is immediately adjacent to who may be the most incompetent president we've ever had, mm-hmm. mentally and otherwise. There's no, I mean, some of the video that's coming out yeah, now is this just is, Yeah, the gibberish. Talk about an opportunity. She is completely poised to just be the shoe-in, at which if she was any good, remotely yeah. competent, yeah. people would just say, all right, all right, look, step down now, uh-huh. and then she can run as an incumbent. Yeah. But even the left says, you know, we can't do that. The woman's greatest claim to fame is that she loves Venn diagrams. <laughs> <laughs> she, likes, she does like a, a, a big yellow school. Bus, do you remember that one? I love a big yellow uh, school bus. Hey, a woman's blah, easy blah, to please, blah. I'll tell you. Who knew it's all it took? <laughs> well, I do. I laugh because she must know, like internally, that yeah. there's no version of this that ends with the party getting behind her because she is an opportunist. And she would politically say, you know, this no, this guy's actually not cognitively fit. We should get him off the ticket. Yeah. If she thought there was any world where she'd still be on the ticket, she'd be saying it right oh, now. Oh, yeah, she would, absolutely. And I actually, so, I'm, you know, people ask me this, and I actually think Biden is the candidate and will remain the candidate. Yeah. And here's why. He has to stay where he is. You and I have talked about yeah, this. Yeah. He has to stay there for the party. Legal reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he doesn't want to get out of there and find out that whoever ascends – 
is not going to be on board with saying, okay, look, you know, we've seen what's come out in all of these investigations relative to Hunter and uh, relative to your brother Jim, et cetera, and you're on your own, pal, because it would be very politically detrimental. Is let's say it was coming. Let's say he stopped. He stepped down. Right. My mental abilities aren't what I would wish. Yeah. I'm getting older. I want to be more time with my family. Whatever you know, they come up with. Okay. Now she ascends to the presidency. He apparently cannot trust her to handle those pardons. Really? Uh, I wouldn't think so. Reportedly, they don't get along. They don't talk. He gave it a board. Oh, and she wanted completely... Gretchen Whitmer. What? Basically, Derek Chauvin is the reason she's the vice president. That's, 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 that's basically that's what right. went down. She was the DEI. Which, and if you if you watch the fall of Minneapolis video, yeah. you realize how much uh, governmental reconfiguring they pushed through the aperture mm-hmm. of the George Floyd situation. Yep. and. And after watching, and look, I, I I will admit it. Like I saw that video, I was as horrified as anybody else. Yeah, I was literally I, I, very hard for a former cop to watch that video and not yell at the screen saying, "Derek, let him up. Yeah, what are you doing? Him. Sit him up." Then you find out that there's another camera angle that shows his knee was not on his neck, and then you see the, the, that it turns out that that was the policy. Uh-huh. of the police department that he was taught to use that move. And then you start to say to yourself, boy, did they take advantage of that? Oh, did they And ever? one of the, as you say, one of them is that we got defund, mm-hmm. we got crime across, and of course the people they supposedly are going to help, yeah. all the people that suffer with this, oh, and, you know, who gets shot? Young black men. Yep. I mean, that's what it is, you know? So yep. it's really just a power play, and she's one of the beneficiaries of it, but she's so bad oh, yeah. that school bus, Venn diagram, whatever she's into, <laughs> not enough to get her a big seat. That, I mean, man, when they can't even bump someone with dementia to give you the job, oh, that means that, you're considered worse than dementia. That, that's right. You're, you're, <laughs> Fascinating. You know, I took some shots in this interview, but uh, listen, I, I can leave feeling highly held that if there were an opening in the lineup because someone had dementia, I would at least be considered. I'm not saying I'd get it. Well, I mean, I think they'd get someone with less dementia. Eh, we'll talk. Slightly. This is where your ship sails in. Yeah. All right. The great Paul Morrow. <laughs> Back after this. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back and forth with the Hannity team. Uh, I am not, I am not appearing on the Sean Hannity show tonight. I was on two nights ago. We have a scheduling issue, but actually, uh, I can't do TV tonight. I uh, might have heard me talking earlier in the week about the late, great Charles Osgood. Uh, Nobody helped me more at the start of my career than Charles Osgood. Make the jump from cab driver, you know, further along in comedy, and then ultimately got to the point that I wound up here. Uh, Charles Osgood, of course, died uh, at the age of 91 this week. Uh, I am great friends with his family, and uh, I hope to be spending some time with them this evening uh, because him and his bow tie uh, did a lot. For me and my gut, <laughs> like, I don't know, what, what fashion accessory did I have when we met? Oh, yeah, a gut. I look like I was in my third trimester. But uh, shout out to the late, great Charles Osgood. And uh, shout out to you because in the next hour, okay, we're going to do some grown-up stuff about the 2024 election. But Jersey Joe Concha, a guy with maybe a bigger gambling problem than mine, will also stop by to talk to us about NFL Championship Weekend. And then we've got a pop culture take that'll knock your fancy little socks off, Snookums.
live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Final hour of the week on the best radio show in the country. Wrong. All right, I kind of walked into that one. I was feeling good for a minute there. I think I have a way of cutting you down on this show. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up in this hour. We're going to talk a little bit about the 2024 election. We cannot, we can't keep talking about the border. I'm all worked up I'm like a bag of cats over here. But Jersey Joe Concha is going to help me close the week out. We're going to have a grown up talk about the NFL playoffs on Sunday. And uh, we're not going to talk from the standpoint of you got to be a sports fan to enjoy it. We're going to talk from the standpoint of there are a lot of overarching interests and storylines in the NFL playoffs this weekend, one of which involves the biggest pop star in the world, Taylor Swift. So we'll get into all of that. Your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, the whole barnyard jamboree. 888-788-9910. If you want a piece of the action, uh, 888-788-9910. And, uh, you know, the rule is the same every day. You're all welcome. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. If there was any intellectual barrier for entry, I wouldn't be able to have a show. That's true. That is true. So here we go. Uh, The 2024 election, you know, as far as the primaries are concerned, Okay, most Republicans would tell you that Trump is the nominee. Uh, Most networks and right wing media influencers would tell you that Haley needs to drop out of the race. Uh, But Nikki Haley is responding with you. That's what she's saying. Uh, And we're going to have her on Monday. She's going to be on the show this Monday in the studio because I want to ask, why are you still in the race? I mean, if I'm being objective here, you know, she's 30 points behind Trump in South Carolina. Okay, she's not going to Nevada. It would appear she has no path to the nomination. But the point is, she has a lot of money. Uh, She wants to be the nominee. She polls better than Trump does in the general. So she has every right to stand her ground just because people are going to call her names on Twitter. I mean, if you can't handle being called names on Twitter, there's no way you can be president in this country ever again. He knows what he's talking about. And uh, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else is stopping the Republican National Committee from declaring Trump the nominee. I don't know if you're hearing a lot about this on other conservative broadcasts right now, but the man who is insisting that the Republican National Committee not declare Donald Trump the presumptive nominee, that man is Donald Trump. Oh, wow! Okay, Trump wrote on Truth Social, okay, After news had surfaced that the party had drafted a document, they had drafted a statement, David Bossie, someone who's appeared on the show over the years, now works for the RNC, Bossie had drafted a statement saying the people have spoken, we have declared Trump the presumptive nominee in the Republican Party. And that would be the party, just declaring a winner. You could tell me Nikki's path isn't good, and it's not. Okay, but these other states do conceivably have a right to have their voices heard if there's someone in the race besides Trump. It's the same reason the Democrats, despite the fact that they have already declared Biden the nominee, these primaries are still taking place with people like Dean Phillips out there getting significant percentages of the vote. Dean Phillips got 21 percent of the vote. Okay, he was on with Hannity and he explained why that he's in the race. 
Okay, and here it is, clip 25. I'm an American. I, I want to respect my presidents. I do respect President Biden. I've not seen cognitive decline. Of course, we're seeing physical and communication decline. I think that's self-evident by any video, but I don't think that is fair. But he's an 81-year-old man. He's a human being. Uh, Donald Trump, 77. You know, 70 percent of the country, Sean, is looking for change. They don't want either of these men at the top of the ticket. And look, I'm running for change. And, you know, that's who Dean Phillips is. Is he going to be the Democratic nominee? The answer would be no. No chance. Party isn't going to let him. Okay, they've rigged the primary process. Okay, so Iowa didn't go first, and South Carolina, and you know, Biden wasn't on the ballot in New Hampshire. Okay, you had to write him in. You had to write in the name of a man who can't even write his own name. Fascinating stuff. But the point is, Dean Phillips has the right to challenge Joe Biden. Nikki Haley has the right to challenge Donald Trump, and it's something Trump acknowledges. So when news came out last night that the Republican National Committee was going to issue a public statement declaring Trump their nominee, okay, Trump wrote on Truth Social, while I greatly appreciate the Republican National Committee wanting to make me their presumptive nominee, and while they have far more votes than necessary to do it, I feel, for the sake of party unity, that they should not go forward with this plan, but that I should do it the old-fashioned way and finish the process off at the ballot box. So that is Donald Trump going full statesman in this moment, making a pivot towards unifying the party and towards earning it at the ballot box. And why does he want to take that tact? Because it's the same respect he's asking for from his Democratic opponents. The Democrats are trying to take him off the ballot. In multiple states, the Democrats are trying to lock him up in multiple states. What Trump is asking the public to do is let the voters decide. So this is, in my estimation, a really smart move by Trump because it would look pretty hypocritical if he did it the other way. Nah, just throw her off the ballot. Say it's over. Two states have voted. Okay, I promise you when she gets here on Monday and I say, why are you still in this race? She's going to go. We have 50 states. Two of them have voted. Two of them don't decide who the president is. And she's right. But the problem is the media presence in our lives now, the social media presence in our lives, creates a collective psychology that's so omnipotent that everyone is just learning to really hate this woman. And again, I'm not here telling you she's going to be the nominee, but I love having her on and I love talking to her because, you know, at the end of the day, she has the best chance of winning the general election of anyone that could wind up in the race. Meaning if Biden's the nominee, she has a better chance than him. If Trump is the nominee, she has a better chance than him. If Kamala is the nominee, my God. Gavin Newsom's the nominee, she has a slightly better chance than him. Gavin Newsom's a great politician, terrible governor, but he'd have a good shot in the general election, straight up. Okay, and a lot of people don't like to hear this stuff. When they try to discredit Nikki Haley, they go, well, you know, it's because she had Democrats and independents supporting her. Yeah, and you know who decides presidential elections? Swing voters and independents. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Everybody they think, you know, is discrediting Nikki Haley. No, no, come on. She's not going to win the general. The only people who vote for her are the members of the other party. (laughs) Are there any Democrats, any, voting for Donald Trump? (laughs) No, there's some. I'm not saying none, but there's some. But it ain't what you think it is because they hate the guy. And it doesn't mean he's not going to be the nominee, so don't freak out. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy's a rhino. I can't believe it. It's it's just such a simple, stupid time in our politics. And everybody who tells you 
Well, you know, she only won New Hampshire because the people who switched parties to vote for her because they didn't want Trump to win. Guys, that was about five people. Okay, just because you saw them on a news show saying, well, you know, I wouldn't vote for her in the general. I just voted for her because she'd beat Trump. Listen, guys, how significant do you think the number of people was that went out, changed their party affiliation, and then showed up to vote in the primaries for a person they're not going to vote for in the general? Do you want the answer? Probably five people. I'm not kidding. Okay, they're not that passionate about Joe Biden that they, they don't show up to vote for Biden. Biden has rallies. They don't show up. Okay? They're not showing up to vote for Joe Biden. Are you telling me they're going to show up to vote, switch their party affiliation, vote an additional time so when the fall comes, the guy they're not that excited to vote for, they're going to show up and vote a second time? Guys. Are you stupid or something? I know this is emotional for people. But most of the reaction to Nikki Haley is an emotional one. And the Republicans blew this election. And if the goal was get back power under, you know, just we got to get Biden out of there because that's my goal. He's terrible. Just terrible. Okay, absolutely patently terrible. He's probably the worst president you'll ever watch. I I hope. I can't imagine what we'd look like if we had somebody worse. Okay, but the truth is, if your goal is to get back power. okay, there are a lot of Republicans that would give you a much safer path to the presidency. Okay, DeSantis is a phenomenal governor. He can't win the race. He can't beat Trump. Nikki Haley would be better, but she can't beat, you know, she can't beat Trump. So, I mean, that's where the problem comes. But the truth is, you know, Trump's negatives are so, so high. But Trump's grip on the party is also so strong because of the emotional nature in which this presidency transpired. Okay, the emotional nature through which this presidency ended in the second impeachment him getting thrown off of Twitter. Now they're weaponizing the Justice Department against them. This is emotional stuff. I get it. Okay, and people have a lot of bile. They have a lot of hatred right now. And the truth is, and they have every right to feel this way, and they are entitled to this, okay, people would rather roll the dice on Trump than take a safer victory with another candidate. That's just straight up the truth. If you said to the average Trump voter right now, hey, we'll give you a guaranteed Nikki Haley president, or a maybe Trump, but he gets the nomination, they're all taking the maybe Trump. All of them. Every one of them. That, not one person that isn't. We'd rather lose with Trump than win with somebody else. And they justify that in their heads because people use phrases on Twitter like neocon and globalist to describe Nikki Haley. Someone who Trump himself appointed to the United Nations. Someone who has a conservative record of governance that you would have to argue is more conservative than Trump was as a president in terms of how she ran the state of South Carolina. I'm not telling you she doesn't have bad moments on social media, but if your criteria for the presidency is bad moments on social media, then there's no world where you could ever support Trump again. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. You know, people go, oh, well, you know, she changes her stripes. She's politically opportunistic. Well, if that's the criteria, you couldn't support Trump either because he was a Democrat 10 years ago. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, he spent a decade and a half donating to Democratic politicians. I'm not saying this to bash Trump. I'm saying this because there's a reality to this conversation and no one's having the conversation in these terms. I Listen, you know, I'm not trying to get you mad. It's Friday. I want you to be in a good mood. I got to host a, a comedy show tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, Fox News Channel. And you're all like, not after this rant, you're not. You ain't getting my view, Jimbo, you slob. 
I, I can hear you now, coming through the speaker on that. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. I'm just leveling with you. And I'm fascinated about the idea of having Nikki on because I want I just want to hear her rationale. Okay? The God's honest truth is I expect Trump to be the nominee. Straight up. And I know Trump's going to be the nominee just because of how viciously they're going after the people endorsing him. The Tim Scott stuff is so gross. So gross. Okay, that they're trying to diminish Tim Scott in stature because he's advocating for a Trump presidency. Tim Scott was the guy who worked the closest with Trump, the closest. He would have been the best guy to nominate. I mean, he didn't do well as a candidate, but a Tim Scott, Nikki Haley ticket, Scott at the top, Nikki as VP, Nikki at the top, Scott as VP. It destroys the whole Democratic strategy, which is call Republicans racist for the next 10 months and say they're going to ban abortion. That's the end of the race. Nikki Haley gets swing voters. She gets female voters in numbers nobody else does. She also neutralizes the abortion issue because she's being honest with people and saying, I'm pro-life, but we're never going to have the supermajority to ban abortion because the states decided for themselves. Ergo, what we should be selling is the Republican Party is as many options for people to choose life as the Democrats are giving them to choose death. Make it easier to choose life, even if that means adoptions. Okay, she has the winning message for the Republicans. So if she's not the nominee, I hope she's on the ticket because she'd help Trump a great deal. Tim Scott would beat back the racism narrative. Okay, they would be lethal, but they're not going to be the nominee. Trump is going to be the nominee. And we know this because they're now calling Tim Scott every racial term they can to say he's only doing this because he's a low, low self-esteem black man. Okay, here's Sonny Hostin on The View, clip 29. I'd like to just talk about Tim Scott for a moment. Why? And how, <laughs> and how uncomfortable he looked behind Donald Trump and the cringe-worthy moment. He is up his um, body, um, but I, he's in the sunken place, okay? I mean, that's just the bottom line for, 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 for Tim Scott. What's so fascinating is you know he's running for vice president. He endorses Trump on a Friday and then gets engaged on a Saturday Hello? and announces his engagement on a Sunday because it's like, Pick me. I'm getting married this year. And no other vice president has been unmarried, right, and has been successful. So it just screams, I want to be your vice president. I love you. Oh, God. I mean. In my opinion, that sucked. It was terrible. I mean, good God, Sonny Hostin. Don't you have any respect for yourself? You ever watch the movie Get Out with Jordan Peele? They're essentially telling you that Donald Trump has used an evil hypnotic trick on a low self-worth black man to trick him into endorsing Donald Trump. That's her level of analysis. Tim Scott, first black man elected to both houses of Congress. Tim Scott, who got the black community $75 billion in opportunity zones from Donald Trump. Tim Scott, who helped co-author the First Step Prison Reform Act that freed over 250,000 nonviolent black drug offenders people who were sentenced under Joe Biden's crime bill. That Tim Scott is only supporting Donald Trump because he's a low self-worth black man who's been hypnotized. This is what we've been reduced to in this day and age. It's disgusting. But better than all of that is it's desperate. And why is it desperate? Okay, because they have nothing, and I mean nothing, they can offer the voters. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wish me luck with this next caller. I was told Kevin's about to give me the business. Kevin, what's going on in Reno? Uh, Jim. My man. Come on, Jim. Come on. You, you, you and Haley. I mean, you know, I listen to you every day. You and I have met in person yep. before mm-hmm. at the radio station. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're kind of on the fence. You're kind of pushing Nikki a bit from no. what I'm hearing. No. No, no. You're, I know you're trying to be, you know, you're trying to throw it all out there. You're, you're trying to be fair. You're trying to be fair. Let me ask you this, Jimmy. Are you a big fan of, of Trump's and the way he talks? Mm, I go either way. I don't love it, you know, because it, it, it discredits his message. Like, I think Trump's words overshadow his deeds. I think he was a really good president, but I think the fact that he didn't know how to discipline himself, over it allowed them to distort his message, I think. Okay. You're not one of those out there who doesn't like the way he comes across, doesn't like the way he talks, so they're not going to vote for him. And if you're not one of those kind of mm-hmm. – if you're one of those kind of people – what are you going to get? We got Biden instead in 2020. Yeah, well, I, don't look at me. I voted for Trump. The problem is no, not I'm me. Just saying, yeah. No, I'm just saying there are people out there that won't vote, won't vote for him now, mm-hmm. even though they voted for him before because they don't like the way he comes across. He's too controversial. And, you know, I hear Nikki Haley say, you know, he just creates all kinds of chaos. And I sit there and say, no, Nikki. The, the liberal media created all this kind oh, of Oh, no, chaos. they created for him. They definitely created for him, I think, I, and I think he adds to it. Here's the truth. I, I actually think he's going to be the nominee. I think he would have a harder time in the general than she would. That's just an opinion. Uh, but he's going to be the nominee, and that's what you want, so be happy uh, because everybody's going to get a chance to put their money where their mouth is. We want someone with experience. Okay. okay. We don't want a newbie like, like Nikki Haley yeah, as president. We know what Trump can do, and Trump's going to pull Let's it out go. in the general election. Let's go. Listen, yeah. anybody's better than Biden, and at the very least, Trump wins, and we get a bunch of tell-all books when the team turns on him again. It'll be fun. Joe Concha's next. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you know anything about me, then you know I spent the entirety of my 20s paying and not paying my rent from betting on professional football. Joining us now is a guy who's favored in every contest he enters, uh, a friend of ours, as we like to say on the show, Jersey Joe Concha, in the house this championship weekend. Hey, man. Yo, yo, yo. I love when me and you go rogue and take this news network that we work on (laughs) and turn it into our our own little barstool WFAN thing. It's great. Ah, oh, it's great. It's good to hear your voice, Concha. We should do a show on Outkick or something, like just called like Two White Guys Picking Football. We just uh, call it that. Uh, they have 17 of those, Joe. That's good. <laughs> Make it 18, damn it. You're like, then we'll go to Barstool. I'm like, they have 75 of those, Joe. Right. <laughs> we got to stand out, do, we? do you want a great media story that you don't know about guys trying to make guy-driven sports content? Yes. Since we have time, I, I'm, I'm observing no decorum or boundary here on this live radio hit. The sponsors can wait. They'll, appre- they'll thank me when I'm done. Oh. So when I was a cab driver, this is 2010, okay, I wound up working for a startup that was funded by Ted Wells. Ted Wells is significant to sports fans because he led the deflate gate probe yeah. for the NFL. He also defended Scooter Libby, if you remember in the Scooter Libby trial. That's right. It's a pretty prominent attorney. 
Um, his wife, uh, I believe Teresa Wells, was the attorney general of the state of New Jersey. They were pretty happening family, really nice, benevolent folks, and they had a, a wonderful son, and they wanted to do – this is pre-Barstool Sports. This is 2010. They wanted to do a sports-driven comedy website. And I got hired to be the head writer for it based on work I was doing in local comedy clubs. And this had nothing to do with them. But the people that were sending – that were basically giving us the endowment to do this, okay, had bought – for this men's sports site that was going to take over the world, they had bought the URL because they wanted it to be called PM Sports, meaning like late night sports. PM Sports, I guess, was the hook. And uh, in order to drive people to these sketches and this comedy and this mirth, they had purchased the URL PMS.com. Oh. And all of the capital <laughs> I had accrued in the interview process oh. was expanded in my first week on the job, fighting to a valiant death that you cannot launch a sports site for men on PMS.com. It's not going to work. <laughs> lo and that behold, is the greatest story ever. And uh, as lo and behold, I was I was prophetic. Uh, it did not work. Uh, I am happy to say that my checks did clear for all three weeks that I was there. I do not know that they would have cleared in week four. I'm not going to lie to you. Wow. Do you know why they call it PMS, by the way? Uh, I'll give it to me. Because mad cow disease was already taken. <laughs> oh, Joe Concha. Well, going in. Wow. Even Whoa, hold on. Go big or go home. That was the worst thing I ever heard. I give you a oh, bump geez. and drop. I'm kidding. I love it. You're, you're nuts. It's Joe Concha. It's Friday. It's America. Well, yeah. Who cares? Who cares what you call it? Come on, man. Woo-hoo. We got championship football. We got PMS.com. So <laughs> one other thing about that. There's another teachable moment here for everybody listening. If you ever go work for a startup... Okay, you go work for a startup. When you walk into that startup, you want, you know, cigarette ashtrays. You want empty pizza boxes. You want cups of coffee everywhere. That means these dudes are working. Yeah. Okay. if you walk into a startup and you see a Miss Pac-Man machine, a stripper pole and a basketball court, they've already spent the money. The company's going under. (laughs) Miss Pac-Man. But am I not? Am I not right? I'm right about that. Am I not? No, you are. I just whenever I hear Miss Pac-Man, I'm like, talk about the greatest marketing ever. They didn't do a thing to change that game except put a bow on the Pac-Man to make it Ms. Pac-Man. But the game's is is also it's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And I went out of my way to play it, even though I'm like, wait a minute. There's literally nothing different about this. Uh, insane. And now my my son in the year 2024 is playing them Pac-Man. Them you know, Pac-Man. Jed yes, was yes. Pac-Man. In her. Got to yes. make that money. It's a very her. intolerant era of games in the 80s when you think about it. <laughs> Mr. and Ms. Pac. What the hell is that? You know what I mean? Canceled. Yeah. They'll, they'll tear that down at a college campus soon. <laughs> you believe, by the way, they're remaking The Wizard of Oz to be more diverse? Is that true? Yeah. Wow. And that and uh, I think it was Gone with the Wind, like uh, two like complete classics. We- and they literally are declaring we're going to make them more diverse. Now. Wizard of I mean- Oz I like because if you bring back the munchkins, maybe you get Gutfeld some acting work. Oh, but, uh, there it is. Jimmy right doesn't there. care. We don't. Come on. You think the Saturday night team cares what the weeknight people think? We're having fun, Contra. <laughs> we're having fun. You'll be having fun with us soon. Uh, let's talk NFL football while yes. we are both still employed. Uh, and this, you know, this is my favorite segment of the year. Uh, championship weekend is the greatest single day of, you know, NFL sports. I think I last weekend because you get four games in total. But I still love Championship Sunday because there's a gravity to the whole thing, you know? It's like two Super Bowls. Yeah, thank you. Would you not agree that the Lions have become America's team? 
I've heard several people. I was on yeah. with Todd Pyro this morning, and that's what he called them, yeah. America's team. Yeah, that's the moniker. They're definitely because everybody, you know, has a, a soft spot. I think if the Bills were still in it, you know, there'd be a little bit of that for the Bills, too, because you just want to see somebody win who hasn't won. Uh, but America's team is getting seven points. That's a high line, meaning Vegas, they're not Vegas's team. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, here's the thing. I would pick the 49ers without even hesitation if Debo Samuel was playing in this game, and I'm guaranteed that he's playing at, at full strength. Yeah. Instead, he's questionable. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been practicing. And you look at the stats when Debo isn't part of this offense, yeah. they haven't scored more than 17 points this year in the three games that he was out, and they were blown out in each game. Well, last year they were asked to play this game without a quarterback. Right. <laughs> this year. So this, this isn't quite as harsh. Last, but- last year's first-string quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> He'll be catching screen passes. That was the oddest thing to watch. Yeah. I felt so bad. I couldn't believe they wouldn't allow like a third quarterback in the oh. NFL. Hey, you can have 53 people on the roster, but they only carry two quarterbacks. That is so bizarre. And the yeah, thing is, you know, even so with McCaffrey in there, if you remember, they didn't throw the ball. Like, attempt to throw the ball. You know, you might as well throw it just to keep him honest at the line of scrimmage. But, yeah, yeah, that was one of the worst championship games I've ever watched. But that's the other thing about Championship Sunday. They are synonymous with some of the most iconic blowouts in NFL history. You know, if you, if you yeah. think of the Bills beating the Raiders 51-3. to And then losing. And then losing <laughs> the to the Giants in the, the Super Bowl. But you think yeah. of the Giants when they blew out the Vikings. It was 38 nothing, I believe, and they lost the Super Bowl to the Vikings. 41 nothing. yeah. Yeah, to the Ravens in the next game. Mad Dog Russo went, went on WFAN here in New York mm-hmm. and declared and, and, and to the, the, the exact score. He says, the Vikings will beat the Giants 41 nothing. I guarantee it. Mm. And then it went the other way. And they played on – that's when Giant Stadium had a uh, – grass for a while. They, wow. they attempted to put grass in there. It was just a soupy mess, and like Randy Moss, yep. Randall Cutting, they couldn't do a thing because yep. it was so, or it was Culpepper, excuse me, could yep. not do a thing. Dante Culpepper. We're, we're talking to Joe Concha going down NFL memory lane. But then <laughs> Championship Sunday also does give you some of the best games ever. I mean, the Leonard Marshall Giants 49ers game. 15-13. Yeah, where he killed 15-13. He kills Joe Montana. I know. <laughs> I mean, was... literally broke his back. And then the, the Niners still could have won that game. They're up 13-12. They have the ball with two minutes left. And, and Tom Rathman, of all people, yep. <laughs> fumbles and... the ball. LT recovers. Matt Barr kick, and, and that's that. And then it, it all seems to happen in San Francisco, right? Yep. I mean, obviously, they catch with Dwight Clark, mm-hmm. uh, 28-27 over the Cowboys, uh, it, it, which is amazing. Cowboys got the ball back in that, Jimmy. Yes. And they drove, and they're over the 50. Drew Pearson's about to break away for a touchdown. He gets horse collared mm-hmm. like blatantly but they didn't have the rule at the time yeah so they would have been in field goal range for uh, Raphael septien if you remember him imagine that yeah joe conch is on the phone and sports doesn't mean too much to either of us as you can tell <laughs> nothing that's uh, a very perfectly healthy relationship uh well relationships also taking center stage this weekend you got the Tra- the the travis kelsey taylor swift thing uh if i was going to make one prediction this weekend it's that the chiefs are going to get every call known to man because I do believe the NFL wants a Taylor Swift Super Bowl, does it not? The cutaways. The, 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 we, we had a, a situation earlier this year after she appeared at that first game against the Bears where she's losing her mind over a three-yard touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey that put the Chiefs up 40 to nothing on the Bears, uh, which I didn't uh, take very well at the time. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, the point is that they, they looked at the ratings and then they peeled off the onion, and they had something like a 60% jump in ratings among teenage girls wow. who probably never would watch the game before, but when they heard that mm-hmm. she was on, they, they flocked to the TV. So, yeah, the NFL would love nothing more than, look, they got 115 million people watching last year's Super Bowl, all-time yeah. record. It'll blow 
that number out of the water. And remember, that 150 million is households, right? Yeah. If 20 people come over, you're only counting them as once. It's probably 200 million. Yeah, seriously. It, and, through the roof. You are right. I still love the Ravens. However, they blown the out everybody. I know, right? good including, teams. Yeah, including the 49ers. And, That's right. Uh, in San Francisco, I beat them up good. So I'm going Ravens, and I'm going Lions with the points. Maybe the Niners pull it out again, but they were damn lucky to win that game last week. Yeah, I don't that, know if that's you know what? Happen again. The thing that brings me back to earth about that game last week is it was so sloppy out. It was yeah. a mess, uh, and I and to me that game looked like their mulligan, meaning they they were positioned to lose that game. Right. Uh, I think having gotten one in the books, if they have a healthy Debo, I, I'd actually like them to cover. And I hate to say it because I, I have a, an affinity for Detroit. Uh, and the state of Michigan is, I mean, I don't drink the water when I go visit, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I like it there. Yeah. So, and the weather's 70 and sunny. Oh, man. The fork, oh, if it's 70 and sunny, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm all in on the 49ers. I, there we, we, there's a fork in the road here, and I get why you're taking the lines. It makes a lot of sense. So I'll go Niners, lay the seven. I am absolutely with you on the Ravens, and it's not an anti-Taylor Swift thing. It's what you just said. It's Baltimore has been comprehensively better than everybody except the Steelers somehow. My son Lincoln's right. Pittsburgh Steelers beat him once with a healthy Lamar, uh, and then they played him again when Baltimore was wrestling the starters, so you can't really count it. Yeah, rivalry game. They, yeah. always, they always play it close. So yeah, they I'll, show up. I'll they do. They, they show up. Well, I would say this really quick as a caveat. Lincoln Steelers next year are positioned pretty well. they got a ton of talent, and if they have a healthy T.J. Watt, they're actually a good team if you know Hayward sticks around on defense and the line. Uh, but, you know, other guys on that team are good, uh, so we'll see. But I think the story right now is if you're betting these games, uh, and we are not sponsored. Concha and I are not encouraging you to bet these games because if you bet too much of these games, you might wind up having to work in cable news to pay off the bookie. Oh. <laughs> you got to work a lot in cable news in order to pay yeah, A lot of hits, you know. Yeah. You guys see Joe and I all over the channel. Uh, you know we had a bad weekend. <laughs> yeah, right. What is Joe doing on Fox Report at 11 o'clock at night when he was on Fox and Friends first? Hey. I didn't before. know your buddy Joe Concha was a weatherman. <laughs> Wherever they'll have us. We Joey need, Dean, yes. We need the action. We need the action. So you say, Ravens, I'm with you. Uh, we agree to disagree in the 49er game. I'd be, I could deal with either outcome. Yeah. But I guess, I guess, and this is the last thing, this is the last caveat, is if we are uh, to look ahead to the Super Bowl, okay, or if you were to just take these four teams right now because we don't know what the matchup would be, what team do you think is the best team? Do you think the Ravens are comprehensively the best team, or do you think the Niners, given a second shot at the Ravens, do you think a healthy Niners team could beat them? Because I think that the Niners were great all year. Fast defense, yeah. very good offense. So what do you think? I think you give me a healthy Debo. <laughs> I keep He'll going back them. to that, but he's yeah. the straw that stirs that drink. Then, yeah, in a rematch, it's hard to beat a team twice. Yeah. I can see the 49ers winning a very close game, like the one they played 10 years ago when uh, somebody named uh, Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback oh, yeah. who choked away that game at the six. It, uh, yeah, I, I can see a close win for the 49ers, but ooh. who knows if we're even going to get there, right? It could I be don't Lions, know. Lions, Chiefs, ah! I know, and if the Re- that's, that's the funny part. Well, the Lions would draw just because they've never won. Yeah. But no one cares about the Ravens. With all due respect to Lamar, so I mean, I probably right. might be the league MVP. No one really cares. They're like the New Jersey Devils of the NFL. Like, they I'm are. a big Devils fan. It's like whenever they got to the finals, like, I don't care. It's yeah. the Devils. I'm like, and, but, but, but. And you're tacking on a Harbaugh to that. You know, That's right. You got John Harbaugh. So. Oh, one more caveat for you, and I know you got to go. Uh-huh. Uh, the weather at uh, game time for Ravens and Chiefs, 43 and raining. 
Ooh. I think that favors the Ravens. I think it does. I think that ground game will help. And plus, you know, the Chiefs have not exactly been synonymous with catching the ball this year. <laughs> you know, it's true. They 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 have more vaccine ads than they do good catches oh. on the Chiefs this year. So, yeah, I mean, the anti-vax crowd is all in on the Ravens. They can't root for Travis <laughs> Kelsey. It's amazing how this works, right? Everybody's an Aaron Rodgers fan because of his stance on vaccines. Yeah, like, my <laughs> really my my bet the best bet is the over two nipples for Jason Kelsey. Oh. I think we're going to see both of them if, if the what Chiefs. What attention win. whore! I'm sorry, <laughs> Concha. I get it though. Drink your Bud Light, Jason. Tired. <laughs> He's not having it. All right, you kids, get off Joe's lawn. Uh, great stuff, man. Enjoy right, the weekend. Dude. You too. The I great... got to work. Oh, yeah, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> the great Joe show, Concha. Saturday and Sunday. He'll be all over your TV. <laughs> Tune in in between plays. And if you think he's busy Saturday and Sunday, wait. Wait till you see what he's doing Monday if the games lose. Good oh. luck, man. See you, brother. See you, man. The great Joe Concha. There he goes. There we go. Back after this. You're listening to the show that Standard and Poor describes as Standard and Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon wrapping up a phenomenal week of shows. Wrong. Well... Trump didn't like this week. He's really not going to like next week. Nikki Haley batting leadoff on our show this coming Monday. She'll be in studio, uh, and she has an announcement to make regarding the campaign. So you better listen to the show come Monday. But in the meantime, what you better do is watch Fox News Saturday night. Tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, Jenny Fela is going to be on the show. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Stop it. Jenny's going to do great. We're excited. We're going to play strip club or daycare. You're going to see Tudor Dixon. Uh, Aaron Berg, as good of a comic as there is anywhere. My main man, Charles McBee, another banger in his own right. Uh, We're fired up for tomorrow night. I think it'll be the rowdiest thing that's ever happened on a TV uh, here at the Fox News Network. And uh, I thank them for the incredibly long leash they are giving to this comedy dog. But the Haley thing, before we go, uh, she's coming by Monday. And I'm really fascinated to see where this goes because it's gotten contentious, man. Most conservative media is really putting the heat on her to drop out of the race. Okay, but I, you know, as you've heard me say in the past, she has the money, and uh, she's going full Tom Petty. She won't back down. Who knows? Maybe she tunes in Monday and tells on my show, I'm out of here. I have, I don't have an answer. I actually don't know what's going to happen. Get her out. Get her out of here. Yeah, I, I don't doubt people have a preference. <laughs> no question about it. And for those of you who say, like, yeah, why don't you ever have Trump on? We'll have Trump on. You know where Trump is? He's right down the block right now. He's in court. Okay, if you've noticed, the only time any of us are getting a minute with Trump on this channel is if they're covering uh, a primary and he's giving a speech or they're at a rally. Uh, But he has not been in the building in years because he's not around because they just keep, you know, indicting him and indicting and indicting him. You know, he's winning in every poll. So they're like, I've got it. We'll take him off the ballot. That's just how white folks will do you. That's how they're doing them. So it is contentious. But for those of you who appreciate... A good, uh, you know, an honest conversation, a good faith dialogue. You better tune in Monday because Nikki Haley will be here. Uh, And I don't doubt a lot of people will be mad about it just the same. But we don't care because our job, okay, is to make you, uh, is to have, tell you the truth, okay, to spit it out in plain English. It would be the right thing to do after all the critiques we threw at Biden this week. uh, (laughs) We're going to do it. Uh, We've got to do it the right way, okay, because we're living in such an unprecedented moment in our history. And it fascinates me as we sign off here at the end of the show 
to realize just how divisive it's about to get. Uh, just understand, like, when you hear them saying things like, oh, Trump wants the border crisis. Democrats are so full of crap. Trump is encouraging people to call up the National Guard and put this thing to bed. Okay, what Trump doesn't want is this disingenuous border deal. Okay, we don't need a, you know, multi-billion dollar spending deal to shut down the border. What we need is to reimplement the policies that were already in place before Biden got in. That's true. That is true. And that's why you're seeing, you know, the level of contentious hatred in social media and in our politics right now. The Democrats are trying to use this crisis in name only so they can spend a ton of money on other things they want to fund, just like they did with COVID, like they do with the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, it's all a scam. But one way or the other, the next week of media is going to be an absolute food fight. So if you're tuning into the show next week, bring a poncho because Lord knows I'll be wearing like two of them. The show is over. Pay up, get out. Please watch Fox News Saturday night with me tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Pre-order my book, Cancel Culture Dictionary, at foxnewsbooks.com. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.